pray with me and please pray for me. Gracious Lord, we come to you this evening and we remember, we remember the table, we remember the water, the basin, the towel. We remember your words and your actions. We remember your lesson and your commandment. Be with us now as we hear them again. Help us to hear them in a new way. Help us to know how we can honor you through our hearing, through our praying, through our worshiping. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I am thankful for the faithful. We've got a, we've got a, good, a good crowd, and it's a little intimate, and I, it's kind of nice. I think that's kind of fitting. The, the crowd at the table was intimate. Um, we are near the end of our journey, at least through the Lenten season, and we have confronted the wilderness of our hearts. How many have had a hard time with the silence? Uh, for more than just trying to stay awake, maybe? Anybody? It's hard. <laughs> it's in the blood, huh? It's hard. <laughs> the silence is tough. Uh, I don't like the silence because I have to confront myself. And I hope that you've confronted yourself in the wilderness in your heart, uh, the voices that haunt you, for better or worse, the voices that are the voices of the Spirit of Jesus, of love, and the voices of other things. We find ourselves this evening around the table with Jesus and his disciples, a small group, a faithful group, an intimate group, enjoying a meal, and only one at the table has any idea what's about to happen. In their journey, the disciples, they've learned a great deal about themselves and each other. They've had to confront wilderness of their own. Matthew was a tax collector making money off of his neighbors. He now dines with the Messiah. Peter has repeatedly fought the wrong fight, and that habit will continue after the meal. But for now, he eats with God. Judas Iscariot has been stealing from the collective finances the whole time, but he dips bread into the same bowl with the anointed Son of God. James and John are under the impression that Jesus is the Messiah King who will bring a violent end to oppression in Israel, but they will come to know the truth. All of the disciples are unaware of the truth that Jesus shares in this meal. We come tonight with our own blindness, our own ignorance, our own thirst, our own need for power. Anyone with me? The church is a wonderful and beautiful body of people worldwide where the Spirit of God dwells. And that doesn't always make sense to me sometimes because we don't do a very good job of being the church, but God chooses us all the same. All of us tonight have been changed in some way. We've been saved. We've been redeemed. We've had new life brought into our hearts, but we still have more of a journey ahead. Tonight, we come bringing our distractions. Our schedules dictate our lives. Our bills, investments, dreams, ambitions, they drive our focus and attention. 
our opinions and discomforts, they control our attitude. Our cultural history makes it difficult for us to not have some racist, sexist, elitist, and homophobic tendencies. But tonight, we dine with our Lord and our Savior and His other followers across the entire globe. It's a humbling thought that there are many people in this town, in this state, nation, and world that are sharing the same meal from the same loaf with us this evening across time. We receive the new covenant with God through the symbol of bread and wine. Tomorrow we will celebrate the completion of this covenant through the breaking of Jesus' body and the shedding of blood. But tonight we receive a gift from Jesus, another gift besides the meal. Before we hear of the gift, we will start with the command which follows the gift. So we're reading the chapter uh, 13 of John a little out of order, but hopefully it will make sense as to why we're doing it that way. So starting with verse 31 through 35 from John's 13th chapter. Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I'm with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. The Word of God for the people of God. Before Peter denies, before Judas betrays, before John flees, before Thomas doubts, Jesus washes their feet. Jesus lowers himself to the role of the servant for his friends. He knows that Peter will find his love for him again. He knows that Judas will realize his error. He knows that Thomas will proclaim Jesus as God. He knows that we possess the ability and potential to change our world. He knows that you have a gift to give. You have a calling to fulfill. You have a hope to give a neighbor of a different color, ethnicity, sexuality, or religion. Jesus washes us to show that God's love is present with us before the beginning of time. Before we gathered here this evening, before we were born, Jesus died for us. We are commanded to love God and love others, but we first must know that we ourselves are loved. We must consider what Jesus does for us and accept this love fully despite our flaws. Now we will hear the beginning of chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing the evening meal. The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robes, picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he was wearing. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus responded, Those who have bathed need only to have their feet washed, because they are completely clean. You disciples are clean, but not every one of you. He knew who would betray him. That's why he said, not every one of you is clean. After he washed the disciples' feet, he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly, because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the one who sent them. Since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. The word of God for the people of God. Jesus offered a gift that they didn't understand. Jesus offers us a gift that we don't understand, but we must be washed. By baptism, we have been made fully clean, but we must continually allow to to be washed by Jesus. And we must allow our sisters and brothers in the church to wash us. And we must wash our sisters and brothers. We imitate Christ. Even when we don't understand, we follow the command to love one another, to remind each other that we are loved. Not out of our need to be in control. Okay, that's not why you wash. You don't wash out of your extensive knowledge of greatness. You don't wash out of any sort of way to lower someone else to show how great you are, but out of the command to follow your Savior, to take up the towel and basin and serve one another. There's a spiritual element to this. There's a symbolic element to this. We all have dirt on our feet. Jesus showed them the water and the basin and the towel to show them how they are to love one another, to regard one another. We will take communion this evening. We have not earned this gift of Jesus' death and resurrection, and we can never earn it. God doesn't ask us to earn it. The difficult part for us as individuals, and sometimes as a church, as we get caught up expecting each other to earn God's love or our own. We get convinced that God is asking us to earn it, as if we can, and so then we allow ourselves to in turn play the role and expect others. But tonight, I urge you to be washed, to accept the washing. Remember what Jesus does for us 
And when you understand and accept that gift and that love, only then will you be able to serve and love one another in that way. We need to be reminded. So tonight, we allow ourselves to receive the gift of the body and blood, and we are offered the chance to be washed. Brittany and Emmett have placed water down here, and they offer a washing. So later when you come up for communion, uh, men can go to this side and be washed by Emmett. Women can go to that side and be washed by Brittany. And I, I challenge you, as strange as it is to have your feet washed, to do that. And contemplate what it means to let someone touch your feet and to wash your feet and the vulnerable and awkward and maybe smelly, uh, strange thing it is, but to think that that's the symbol Jesus chose to show his disciples to what length and depth he would go to serve them. So as you are washed, know that it's Jesus washing your feet through his faithful. So you'll have a moment some time to prepare for this. We'll sing a song and then we will go into communion so you can prepare yourself for this and uh, challenge yourself to accept the washing. Let us pray. Almighty God, we don't understand your love because we've never experienced love like yours except through Jesus. We can only hope to ever love others to that capacity. You call us to love with all we have, to love in the strangest ways, and we trust that your love shines through our action, our response to the call, our willingness to serve those around us, no matter who they are, what they look like, what church they go to or don't go to. Remind us that we are loved, that we are washed, so that we can be ready to take up the task of following you into that kind of servanthood. Lord, I thank you that you gave us Jesus, that he shared his life and ministry, he shared a meal, and that he took the trip to the cross for us, and only through people passing that on are we here today, halfway across the world reading the same words, experiencing the same loaf, partaking of the same cup. We honor those who have carried the torch, and we hear you. And we make a new commitment to carry that love on to those around us. Lord, it is only in your power and your grace, your mercy, it's only in your leading through your spirit and through the example of your Son that we can do this. And so we lift ourselves and we lift this time up to you that it honors and glorifies you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.